0: So uh, we are going to be looking at one verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And Pastor Rob taught this last week and he did a fantastic job. And so I'm not teaching this because he didn't get it done correctly. I'm teaching it because there's just so, the Bible is so rich and full of, of significance for us. And so I want to just focus in on one verse. So let's turn in our Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to read verses 18 to 21, but we're going to be focusing on, on verse 20. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 to 21. By the way, our office will be closed tomorrow, and we usually have a noon prayer meeting. We're going to take the day off tomorrow, so pray where you're at, and we'll reassemble again next Monday for prayer. By the way, if you're free, if you're retired or work evenings or something like that, come and pray with us. And students, when the summer's off, when you've got summer vacation, come pray with us. We pray from 12 to 1. It's not a long time, but it's a great time. It's a tremendous time as we pray for our church and pray for our community and pray for missionaries and whatever. Um, by the way, also, if you have any prayer needs, would you please let us know? There's prayer cards in the pews. Fill them out, put them in the offering box, and we, we would love to pray for you. Um, so we believe that God moves when we pray. So uh, join us or let us pray for you. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 to 21. Let me read it, then we'll have a word of prayer, and then we'll dive in. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing or holding their trespasses to them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Notice the us there multiple times. We have this same ministry. If you're a a follower of, of Jesus, if you're a Christian, we have this same ministry. Therefore we are ambassadors of Christ as though God were pleading through us we implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God for he the father made him the son who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him let's have a word of prayer together It's it's a plan father that only you could devise to to rescue us from ourselves, to rescue us from sin, to rescue us from darkness, to set us free, to give us new minds that think clearly and understand truth, and to have new hearts that desire truth and that desire holiness. What a thing that we would even desire holiness, God! It's a, that's only you, Lord, that could do that. And we pray for more, more and more desire. And as you give us desire, Lord, we're confident that you will give us the ability to pursue those things and experience them. And Lord, I pray that you'd bless our time in your word right now, God, that lives would be changed as a result of today. I pray that today would mark the day, a milepost, a a signpost for for some people here, an impact for all of us, but a transformation for some today, that they'd never be the same after today because of your word and because of your heart. So Lord, teach us. Thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Verse 20. Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. Paul says of himself, of his companions, and as, as Pastor Rob so well put last week, of us as well. If, if the ministry of being an ambassador stopped with the first generation of Christians, we wouldn't be believers because somebody was an ambassador to us. Somebody spoke of Jesus to us. And so that ministry continues on in the life of the church. As long as the church is on the earth, Christians are called to be ambassadors. Now, I've uh, lifted a couple of, lifted, that sounds like I stole something, doesn't it? Maybe just in my sinful mind, I don't know. And a few others of you, maybe. I copied something offline. And these are, these are not Christian sites. These are sites that describe uh, the work of, of, a, of an ambassador of a country. And let me just read through for you what these sites uh, speak about in regards to how they define what an ambassador is. Ambassadors represent their home country while working and living in the country to which they've been appointed. For U.S. ambassadors, government experience and a familiarity with your country's policies are two of the most important requirements. Notice, experience and a familiarity with your country's policies, two of the most important requirements. And the ability to adapt to other cultures is also important. There aren't any official education requirements, but undergraduates and advanced degrees are common. Uh, You increase of gaining an ambassadorship if you work in government or serve in a political capacity. We serve in a kingdom. We serve under the government of Jesus. That's the government that we serve. Besides the United States or wherever we might find ourselves, our primary citizenship and our allegiance is to Jesus. Second second paragraph, in the strictest sense, U.S. ambassadors represent the President of the United States in an official capacity in foreign nations and communities. They are charged with protecting and promoting national interests. They promote the interest of the government that they serve. Maintaining diplomacy, good relations, organizing visits, inviting people out to coffee, welcoming visitors, and supporting resolutions. While to casual observers, it may seem like an ambassador's workday is filled with giving speeches and glad handing at cocktail parties, these social engineering opportunities, that's a good word, social engineering opportunities, that's, you could translate that scheming scheming to be able to sit down and planning and praying to be able to sit down and talk to someone about Jesus. These social engineering opportunities are actually an important part of strengthening internal relationships. And those are non-Christian sites, and you can look at the, you can follow the links and, and read more about that if you want. But I want, to, I want us to consider this morning what, what an ambassador is. And, and I've already hinted at it and already read some, some thoughts and I pray and, and believe and suspect that your minds are already turning here if you uh, are interested in this. Verse 20, we are ambassadors of Christ. Specifics regarding ambassadors. Let's just work our way down through the notes and just consider how this ministry of being an ambassador applies to you and to me. Number one, they represent the one who sends them. Notice verse 20, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. If you are a Christ follower, if you're a Christian, if you're born again, you represent Jesus. You are, you are called to represent him. Sometimes we don't, and I'm not talking about some standard of perfection today, and if you ever fail once, you're a failure. I'm not, not about that at all. I'm more about us considering, if you're a follower of Jesus, how do you view yourself? What is the trajectory of your life? I mentioned last week or a couple of weeks ago that I like to shoot archery. When you shoot archery, we would have pins uh, on the the upright of the bow. There would be pins. There would be like a 20-yard pin, a 30-yard pin, a 40-yard pin. And the the further the target was, the higher you had to raise the bow. So this would be your 20-yard pin, your 30-yard pin, 40-yard pin, if you're brave and a good shot, a 50-yard pin. If you're looking at a 20-yard pin, the arrow, when it travels, doesn't travel like this. It, you lob the arrow over to the target and so the 20 yard pin is the is is hardly any lob and the 50 yard pin i mean you're really pitching it over there you don't you don't really see it with the human eye but your trajectory is that you have to raise the bow a little bit and take aim careful aim and you're shooting and i mentioned about that we make it our aim i think it was verse 18 or verse 12 i don't know some previous verse that was really good what is the aim of your life? Do you, as if, you're, if you're a Christian today, do you consider yourself an ambassador of Christ? That, ha- that has to be something that's very deliberate and very mindful to you. Look at verse 20. I'm not making it up. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. That's what he says. That's, that's the mindset that we need to have with us all of the time. And as we study the Bible, it simply leads us into truth. It leads us into God's truth. It doesn't lead us into man's cultural truth or social experiments or our own intuition or, you know, uh, biases or anything like that. It leads us into God's truth. It tells us what our lives ought to look like. More importantly, and it's not just a set of rules and lists and you better do this, it, sh- it, it shares with us the heart of God for us and the heart of God for planet earth. So he says, we are ambassadors for Christ. He is the one that, if you're a Christian, he is the one that you are to be representing as much as possible as opportunities arise. You don't have to wear a, a big placard around your your neck unless god directs you to i mean i'm not talking about that kind of thing and i'm not talking about anything any, anything that you would think is an extreme culturally or socially i'm not saying you have to do those things an ambassador wherever he finds himself in a foreign country is always thinking i'm here for the one that sent me eyes are open kind of scanning listening looking for opportunities to bring the interest of his sending kingdom to the place that he's sent to so we are ambassadors for christ not called to represent ourselves or anything else. It doesn't mean that the Christians shouldn't be in politics, but politics is not the main thing. It doesn't mean Christians shouldn't be in business. Christians should be in every part of social strata, I believe. But as you are there, be there as an ambassador, not primarily as a politician representing a political party or a philosophy or a school or a funding program or something like that. First and foremost, I'm here because I'm representing Jesus. As a plumber, as a musician, as a soccer coach, whatever it is, I'm here representing Jesus. That's the mindset that we need to carry with us all the time. Look what David Gusick says. An ambassador is more than a messenger. He's also a representative. And the honor and reputation of his country are in his hands. And so we represent the kingdom of heaven. We represent the kingdom of God. And so... It has been said, probably overused, cliche, but your, your life is the only Bible that some people will ever read. And so when people see you, what do they think about the kingdom of God? Do they think that God is a Republican or a socialist or whatever the case may be? A Giants fan or, we, I hate to say it, Dodger fan. I mean, what is, you know, what if, when people look at your life, what do they think about the kingdom of God? You are here to represent Jesus. And so we need to really embrace that. Before I go on, why am I making such a big deal about this? Because if you're not doing what you're created to be doing, in the eyes of God, and I'm I'm saying this delicately and and with a smile on my face, but in in a big way, you're wasting your life. If I asked, okay, everybody in the room that wants to waste their life and stand before God and, and have him go, what was that about? I mean, raise your hand. Nobody would say, yeah, I want to waste my life. Then what is your life about? It's about being an ambassador for Christ. That happens in a thousand different ways. But behind those thousand different ways is one thing. I am representing Jesus to planet earth. I am representing Jesus to Napa. I'm representing Jesus to my workplace and to my children's uh, classmates, parents. I'm representing Jesus wherever I'm going. And that's that's why the Lord tells us, this is what your life is about. Guys, I, I, I'm, you know, I, I feel like I need to be strong about this and, I'm not, and I'm, I'm not in the mood to beat anybody up. But it seems to me that there's some Christians that are wasting their life. I look at them, they've been here at church and, or they're at another church or maybe no church now. I'm not at all saying that they're not saved and that they're not going to have. I'm not at all. But as I look at them, there's nothing that, in their life that I can see and I'm not with them all the time. And so I'm not the final judge. Thank God I'm not the final judge. But as I look at their life, I don't see anything that represents Jesus. I would hope that with my life, even if people know me casually, that they have a sense, that guy is about church or something. He's, uh, he's, he's about Christianity or there's something about him. They may not know clearly what it's about, but I hope they would have a clue, right? Wouldn't you hope that about your own life? You don't want your life wasted. Because as we studied recently here in chapter 5, there it is, verse 9, therefore we make it our aim to be, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. Verse 10, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. As we stand before the Lord... There's going to be an accounting for our life, not for ultimate salvation and eternal destiny, but what did we do with our life? And so today, being here, you're blessed. Number one, because I said so. Amazing. You're blessed because you're learning what your life is supposed to look like. What was that, what was that movie? Do you remember, Debbie? I have to tell you first, right? It was... Uh, oh, dear. I'm terrible at movie references. Okay, it's not the hills are alive, but who played that? Julie, Julie Andrews. Okay, so Julie Andrews plays. <laughs> okay, not not the sound of music. Julie Andrews plays this part of this visiting dignitary, and they find this young lady who's a princess. What movie is it? Anybody know? Princess Diaries. Princess Diaries okay, how many have seen Princess Diaries? All right, I have an audience. Princess Diaries. This girl doesn't even know that she's a princess. Julie Andrews shows up and says, you're a princess. And what does that mean? And and she has to learn to act like the thing that she is. And then she's like, I don't know if I want to do this, and it's too hard. and And then finally she comes into her own, and it's this beautiful story. I don't even remember how it ends, but it's probably happy. I don't know. But she learns to be what she is. That's the point that I want to make. As we think about ourselves, I'm an ambassador for Christ. You're learning to be what you are. And if you're ignoring being what you are, then you're just walking aimlessly. What am I supposed to be doing with my life? People everywhere are looking for a purpose for their lives. We have a purpose for our lives. God's given us a purpose for our lives. And I do believe it'll line up with your natural inclinations and tendencies and your likes and probably won't go too far over into your dislikes. I believe if a Christian says, God, what's, what's your will for my life? He's going to say, number one, be an ambassador for me. In in regards to the trajectory of this study, be an ambassador for me, and then do what you want to do. You like to coach soccer? Fantastic! The kids need to see a godly husband and a godly wife. You like to play music? Fantastic! Play play music for me. Write songs about me. You like to cook? Praise the Lord! I love Christian cooks. Bring one, bring all. Come on, you know. But but the, the thing is, I'm an ambassador for Christ. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not just supposed to be a soccer coach. With, no, with nothing beyond that. I'm not supposed to just be a chef with nothing beyond that or a musician with nothing beyond that. I'm an ambassador for Christ. Get that in your hearts, guys. Can I hear an amen? Get that in your hearts. Amen. Then everything else is going to find its place. But that's, that's the big... As I'm aiming the boat, that's the trajectory. I'm aiming for that. I'm adjusting for that. That's where I want to land. So, that being so... Let's look at more specifics regarding an ambassador. They live interactively in a foreign land. And the word I really want to emphasize there is interactively. Philippians 3.20 says this, Our citizenship is in heaven. So, the kingdom of God is our final home. Heaven is our final home. But we have been sent as ambassadors to planet earth. Here we are. We're visiting. This is not our home. Our citizenship, our greatest allegiance is in heaven and to the things of God. Also, First uh, Peter 2.11, beloved, he says, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. Pilgrims are wanderers. Sojourners are just there for a time. We are passing through this world on our way to be into the presence of God. So our citizenship is in heaven, but ambassadors live interactively in a foreign land. Look at your notes. just going to read it. Ambassadors can find themselves living in a land where they are not only uncomfortable, but where they are offended at the local culture. They have to battle battle through this. Now some of you, and at times, I'm, I'm here in the world, I'm an ambassador for Christ, and I'm here in the world, and sometimes I go, oh gosh, I hate hearing about that, or I hate seeing that, or I hate that philosophy, or I hate that sin, oh, I'm so offended. I just want to get away from it all. I just want to build my mountaintop recording studio and I'll let a few of you come and sing backup vocals every once in a while. And I just want to be alone with my family and we'll, if there's a Christian chef in the room, come and visit us and cook for us. And I just want to build walls and wall all of that stuff out. I, a lot of my examples are food examples. I don't know why they just are. I just want to get away from all the sin in the world. I totally get that. Jesus infinitely more holy than us, inserted himself right in the middle of sin in the world. He was called the friend of sinners. So if we are a Christian today and we're saying, I know I'm an ambassador for Christ, but those people offend me. Get over it. (laughs) Start praying for them. It's not about you. An ambassador doesn't say, well, I'll go to this foreign land if I like the food. An ambassador goes where he's told to go. An ambassador serves where he's told to serve. And there may be things there that are unpleasant and uncomfortable and offensive, but for an ambassador, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to soak myself in it. Or I'm not going to adopt it to my life, but I'm not going to let it uh, dissuade me from my mission. Working through the notes. If you find yourself never quite feeling at home in this world, that's to be expected. If you're a Christian, and you say, man, I don't feel like I'm at home. Guess what? You're not. We're passing through. Our citizenship is in heaven. If you find yourself completely at home in this world, conversely, the other side of the coin, you may have forgotten that this world is not your home, your citizenship is in heaven. If you find yourself so immersed in the world, then you're probably forgetting that you're an ambassador representing a kingdom that will never fade, that will never end. There's a there's a there's a tension for an ambassador. I'm not home, but I'm here serving and part of this place that I'm serving in is so offensive. And I want to retreat to home and I just want to get home. And Like Dorothy said, there's no place like home, click, 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 right? And I just got to get home. But you're you're here serving regardless if it's offensive or not. We're on a mission. Look at number six there. More than that, an ambassador needs to intentionally interact with the people of the foreign land where he's assigned. We cannot be effective if we are secluded. We cannot be effective if we avoid the outside world. We cannot stay behind high walls. Guys, we are ambassadors for Christ. If you live in seclusion, you will fail as an ambassador. That means you get out into the world. That means you make non-Christian friends. That means not every opportunity that you have to socialize with somebody is with the church folks. Yeah, but when I talk to so-and-so, sometimes they cuss. Well, you won't die. (laughs) Buy him a sandwich and keep their mouth busy on that while you show the Jesus with them. The, old, the preachers in, in old England, uh, when you know, they would have soap boxes and they'd get up in the town square and they'd preach and that. And the hecklers would come and the drunk guys would come and they'd, they'd start heckling and start yelling at the preacher and everything. I read about some preachers that would have a friend in the audience and they'd go, could you buy my friend a sandwich? <laughs> now the heckler's busy eating and he's, you know, the drunk heckler is essentially silenced. Now he can listen to the message. Find a way to work through things. Guys, but if we're Christians staying, going to Christian amusement parks and only listening to Christian music and only going to Christian libraries and only etc, 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 how are we going to be an ambassador to anybody? Go, go to Chef's Market and hang out and just pray, Lord, lead me to somebody to talk to. You know, Where's the pomegranate stand? I don't know. Just Lord, show me somebody to talk to. Go to the farmer's market go to the downtown uh, fr- Friday night music thing and just just be there be out in public lord if there's anybody here just show me i just want to be out i want to make friends i want to i want to know people that are not christians guys if we're ambassadors for christ we can't be, we can't live secluded lives and and I, let me say this as a, as a concession or as as just a way of understanding i know some some people in the body of christ are getting through things i know that sometimes we, we're kind of feeling damaged or we're going through a hard emotional time or a psychological thing that maybe even a phobia or agoraphobia or something, it's hard to get out. I'm not trying to blame anybody for that kind of stuff. I'm just saying, even if you have an agoraphobia where you're even afraid to step outside, you can be praying, Lord, I'm afraid to step outside, but give me boldness to send an email to someone. Give me boldness to make a phone call. I'm afraid to go outside, but I can get on the phone. You can still be an ambassador with a text message or a card or sending brownies to the people next door, or whatever the case may be. I'm not talking about we all have to look the same. I'm just saying if you find it easier to live in seclusion and you choose that, you can't be an effective ambassador. So we have to fight through some of these things. I've discovered recently, probably people that have known me have known it for years, but I've really consciously discovered in the last few years, I really love being an introvert, which is weird for being a public speaker too. How does that work? How does that work, huh? Tell me. I, I, I get really energized going home and just, you know, reading or playing the guitar. So I get really energized. But God has put me out in, in the ministry with people. I'll tell you a little, a little secret. Um, we do we do a lot of ministry down in Mexico, and we do some pastors' conferences down there every January. And I'm in charge. Whose idea was that? And, and, and the people down there, I mean, if you're, when you walk into a room, I've got to turn a fan on, I'm getting all worked up. Um, when you walk into a room uh, over there, I'm just going to hold it in front of my face like this. Um, when you walk into a room in Mexico, you have to shake every hand. I mean, I'm talking like that's, that's how they do it there. That's what you're supposed to do. And I'm supposed to do this all in my second language. I'm supposed to kind of be in charge and everybody wants to talk. And this. I'm, and I'm okay in Spanish, you know. But by the end of the day, I'm like, man, my brain hurts, you know. Tengo dolor en mis sesos aquí. No puedo hablar en español. No más, no más. I'm just like, ah. And you just have to push through it. You have to insert yourself in people's lives if you're going to be an ambassador. You can't live a secluded life. So whatever might be a barrier, if it's a selfish barrier, repent. If it's a fearful barrier, pray. God, you want to use me. It can be a text message. It can be an email. It can be sending cookies across the street with a note. It can be anything. But it can't, it can't be because you're uncomfortable. Not allowed. There's no, there's, you know, did you know the word comfort zone is not in the Bible? Did you know that? The words comfort zone are not in the Bible not in my comfort zone. It's because you don't have one. Not legitimately. We're called to be ambassadors. To live interactively. Letter C, as we move down, we learn how to be effective in a foreign land. An ambassador is most effective when he understands the culture in which he serves. When serving his sovereign, ambassador realizes he will do whatever is appropriate and right to serve his sovereign. We learn how to function in a foreign land, with foreign cultures, with foreign values. Even here in Napa, I feel like a foreigner sometimes. I am born. I was born in San Francisco, grew up in Orange County, lived back in Napa since 1991. I still feel like a foreigner sometimes. Some of the values that people elevate and some of the things they love, I walk and I hear a, a conversation or, or see what people are doing. I'm going, there's nothing in me that wants to do that. But man, they love it and they're talking about this thing and I really want to encourage you guys. The unbelievers that I talk to and that I have friendships with, I ask them things like, what books are you reading? What podcasts do you listen to? What, what speakers do you enjoy listening to? There's a gal, tell me how many of you have heard of a gal named Elizabeth Gilbert. One, two, three, four. She's selling millions of books to women about how to be their better self. I've listened to some of her podcasts. She wants a lot of the same things that we do. She wants to be free from weird thinking and and wrong behavior and all those kinds of things, but there's no reaching out to God in it. But a lot of the people around us want a lot of the same things that we want. They want to quit bad habits, and they want to be their better self, and they use different terminology and all of that. I want to encourage you. Listen to a podcast by Elizabeth Gilbert. Ladies, do it. I, I listened to some. I read some books, books about Buddhism and the, and, the, and, the, and the... What was the name of that book? It's a, it was a book about... I've read the, I read Dalai Lama books. I read books about the Tibetan book of living and dying. I'm reading other things so that I can learn how to talk to people. So that I can hear them and go, oh, you're saying yab, yab, yabba-dabba-doo, but what you really mean is, I wish God would change my life. So I need, to, I need to understand that yabadaabadu, really means I wish I was a better person. We're gonna, I'm going this way with my life, and I really need to make changes, and I'm, I'm listening to these podcasts, and I'm reading these books and all these kinds of things, and I'm just going, "Well, you don't talk like me, so I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to take the time to learn your language. Guys, you need to learn the language of the people around you. I really want to encourage You're not going to lose your salvation if you listen to a secular podcast. You're going to become a better ambassador. You're not going to lose your salvation if you read a book about Buddhism. There's a lot about Buddhism that's pretty cool. It falls, falls short, far short of the gospel. But Buddhists basically want to be free from all this internal passion that causes them to sin. And so they're doing it their, their own way. How great that the Christian has the Spirit of God living in them. Couldn't be any better. I don't have to do it myself. All I have to do is surrender to that work that God is doing in me. But a lot of the goals are the same. How do I know that? Because I'm trying to learn their language. Look, look at these things. And this is, By the way, this is biblical. Look at your notes. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. This is what the Apostle Paul said, For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. To the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law as without law, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ. That I might win those who are without law. To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. This guy was, Paul was very fluid in culture. Hebrew, Greek, and Roman culture. Very fluid. He could move easily in and out of different cultures and and find a way to to tap into a conversation because he was well-read and very educated. And God used that for him to reach people that Jewish people normally wouldn't reach out to. Look also, Acts chapter 17. This was Paul in a place called Mars Hill. Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, men of Athens, so he's there in Athens. Athens was, was, was one of the headquarters of philosophy and debating and all this higher thinking. Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing, by him I proclaim to you. Now, don't turn the page over yet. I didn't give you permission. Look, look what it says there. Men of Athens, I perceive. I came to your city. I walked around your farmer's market. I figured out what you're all about. I understand how you live and what you want. I'm going to help you really find what you've been missing. But he spoke in their language. And a lot of people, you can turn the page, a lot of people don't like Paul in Acts chapter 17 and they, they think that he missed the mark, but I don't. Another conversation. Paul went and found out what, he was scratching where they were itching. He was meeting them on their terms. He was being an ambassador for Christ. An ambassador, guys, doesn't show up in a foreign land and, say, and, and be accept, insist on being accepted for who he is. An ambassador never shows up and says, this is who I am if you don't like it too bad. Ambassadors don't do that. They show up and they learn how to adapt to the culture without forfeiting their allegiance to their sovereign nation and the message that they've been given. An ambassador never allows his adapting to a culture to change his message, but a good ambassador does whatever it takes to communicate the gospel. Sandy Adams has a tremendous uh, quote, and we're going to show you a video here in just a minute. Sandy Adams says, we have to be articulate in the truths of heaven while also being fluent in the language of earth. Fluency in the language of heaven doesn't mean you can speak the language of earth. If you're an an ambassador, you're also an interpreter, and you have to be bilingual or trilingual or even more. You need to know the the mother tongue and the truths of the homeland. And that's what we do here. The guys that come regularly, we study the Bible together. Hopefully we're growing in our knowledge of biblical truth. But are you able to explain that in non-biblical Christian terms to someone? Are you able to start where they're at? To be good ambassadors, guys, we we need to be bilingual, at least. Trilingual. We need to learn to take the things that we learn here at church and to be able to, to share them in terms that people can understand. And to sit and listen to somebody speak another language that you normally don't listen to, a social, cultural language. I'm not talking about you know, necessarily the, a human language or something like that, just the social differences that we live in. We need to be able to relate to people. Let's keep moving on here. Some questions for you. How many of us are willing to learn another culture or way of life in order to effectively communicate the gospel message? How many of you are willing to do that? You need to be willing to do that. Why? Because we are ambassadors for Christ. That's who we are. And we need to learn how to to communicate. How willing are you to set your own lifestyle aside as God directs and learn about the foreign cultures around you so that you can be effective as an ambassador? We need to be willing to do that. This applies to our visits or residencies in foreign lands, for instance, missions trips. When we go to to Mexico, a lot of times, for some of the churches that we visit, the ladies need to wear skirts, the guys need to wear button-up shirts, at the very least. If if the gals walk in with shorts, or I walk in with a t-shirt or something, we're immediately kind of not taken seriously. It's a small concession, but it's something to learn. Also, this idea applies to what is foreign among us. There's a lot that is foreign among us. Political foreignness. Some of us don't understand people on the other side of the aisle at all. And that's okay, but you don't want to understand them. You don't even want to have the conversation. You hear some political buzzwords that we're we're getting shoved down our throats and immediately your hand goes up and you just turn off. That's not being a good ambassador. There's racial and ethnic foreignness. Different languages, different cultures in our city. There's age and culture foreignness. The whole age divide thing. And finally, there's personality foreignness. Some people are just weird. They're just weird. I know with some people in my life, if I just listen long enough, I'll finally understand them. I have to kind of like file things and file, 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 and suddenly there's one little string that pulls them all together and I go, now I understand what you're saying. Some people, I have, to, I have to ask some people, I don't understand you. Could you say that again? Could you, don't repeat with the same words, use different words. Give me an example. Make up a story. Help me understand what you're all about. That's what I have to do in Spanish. When I don't understand something, I'll ask them in Spanish, please say it using different words. I don't understand all your words. That's what ambassadors do. Ambassadors, finally, as we head towards the finish line. An ambassador, the message is not our own. My opinion isn't important if I'm an ambassador. I need to stay in close contact with the one who sends me. I need to know what's in the heart of my sovereign. I need to pay attention to any nuanced changes about how the message is to be delivered. Ways of delivering the gospel change. The gospel never changes, but ways of delivering it does. I need to pay attention to those things. I need to pay attention to the people that I'm talking to. The ambassador needs to have the same urgency as the one who sends him. Look at the words that Paul uses. He says, as if God were pleading through us. That's amazing. The word pleading, parakaleo, to come alongside to speak to, to beg, to exhort, to instruct. The work of an ambassador is up close and personal. Yes, there's John the Baptist standing at the Jordan River shouting and screaming and yes, a few people have that kind of ministry but for most of us it's getting to know someone. Maybe getting to know someone that's kind of hard to get to know and they don't value the same things as you and they don't see the truths of God and the value of heaven and the awfulness of sin. They don't see it. But they need you to be an ambassador to listen to them tell their stories that are, you're nodding and listening and you're, you're taking it all in and, and you're not just waiting for an opportunity to, to, to share your scripture or something like that. You're having a, a, a real legitimate conversation because you care for the person. And then they're done. And maybe you just sit for a minute and wait for the Lord to show you what to say. Then you just say that one right thing and boom, it just, the arrow has hit its mark because you aimed well. That's what ambassadors do. God's message for us to give to people is to be reconciled to God. That's the message, that's the primary message that the Christian has, be telling people to be reconciled to God. When people see you coming, what message are they anticipating? When they see you at Whole Foods or over at Pete's Coffee or out on the soccer field and you come walking up, what message are they anticipating? That you're going to be complaining again? Guys, if you're a Christian stop complaining all the time it's sickening and it's disgusting and nobody wants to hear it let put in a prayer request and we'll pray for what you want to complain about but people don't need to hear that they have things to complain about too we have a message from heaven instead we're complaining and i'm guilty about how stupid the bel-air parking lot is you know like, people's iq go down as soon as you drive in that place i know i'm sure of it you know it's like we're not here to sightsee, buddy. Honk, honk, It's like, get out of my way. I'm going to slash your tires and have you towed. I mean, it's like, there's plenty of things to complain about, but we're not called to do that. It doesn't take any spiritual maturity to complain on Facebook. We have a message. Put a scripture instead. Something about, you know, blessed is the man who endures temptation or something like that. Let it be a prayer. We have a message. David Gusick says, We are are not commanded to do the work of reconciliation between man and God. God has done the work. It is merely ours to embrace and receive it. Spurgeon says, It's not so much reconcile yourselves as be reconciled. People may be thinking, I've got to do this thing to have God approve of me. God's done the work. Jesus did the work on the cross. What did he say from the cross? It is what? Finished. It's finished. You can tell people, you can be reconciled to God if you open your heart to him if you say yes to him if you agree with him the word surrender i found out from a friend means to join the winning side isn't that a great isn't that a great definition surrender to the lord what does that mean join the winning side join his side live his way sin separates people from god it puts us outside of favorable relationship with god but jesus paid for our sins by his death He has made possible the conditions for reconciliation. We need to admit, people need to admit the separation caused by sins and we need to accept the remedy that God has offered. That's what it means to be reconciled. You have a problem, just admit it. God has a solution, accept it. God has done the work, you receive it. Follow through, some questions for us. If you have any text questions, fire away. Send them on in, I'll try to answer them. I just wanted to revisit the main points and then we're going to close with a song we're going to close with a time of prayer i want to encourage you if you feel like you know what i i'd rather live secluded but gosh darn it pastor bill convicted me <laughs> the lord convicted me through that guy and i can't live secluded and i don't want to get out of my house but i know i should Come forward for prayer and let us pray for you. If you're like, I don't want to have patience with somebody else from the other political party, but I know I should. Let us pray for you. I don't want to have to listen to their stories, but I know I should because that's how I build a bridge and a friendship. Let us pray for you. Let us pray for you to become ambassadors. Maybe better ambassadors. Maybe an ambassador for the first time. Maybe you're fluent in the language of heaven, but you don't speak the language of earth. And you're like the guy in the video. I mean, we're laughing at it. I heard you guys laughing, right? It's laughable, really. That's how we sound to some people sometimes. Questions. Do you understand that as a Christian you've been called to be an ambassador? Yes, you do, because you sat through the sermon. You are on assignment to represent the kingdom of God to people around you. Are you knowledgeable and articulate in the truths of heaven? Study your Bible. Read your Bible. You need to know what the sovereign has to say. Are you fluent in the language of earth? Do do non-Christians find you relatable? In any way, I hope they do are you familiar enough with the affairs of earth to be able to build a bridge with people hopefully you are some people in my family got me listening to NPR radio national public radio you know there's CSN 88.1 click it over two to not just 88.5 just a little ways on the radio dial and listen to what the other side of our country has to say I want to be fluent in their language I learn a lot by listening to NPR. For most of us, we don't need to listen to CSN as much as we do. We don't need to listen to as many Bible studies as we do. Oh, that sounds blasphemous, doesn't it? <laughs> there goes the church. <laughs> we, need to learn, we need to learn what everybody else is thinking. We need to have a, a Mars Hill mentality like Paul did. I have walked around and I've seen what you worship. I'm here to tell you, I know the God that you don't know, that you want to know. Maybe the next three books that you read shouldn't be Christian books. Read a Buddhist book. Read a book by the Dalai Lama. Be able to dialogue with somebody about why the Dalai Lama has good intentions, but is all wrong and how he's falling short. Read a book about socialism so you can talk to young people that you know. there's this whole socialist movement or whatever these people think socialism is so great. I'm not here to, to, to bash that or, or promote it. Or anything. Just read a book about it so you can be fluent in that language. You guys get it. Are you being mindful about not living in seclusion? Are you learning how to relate culturally so that you can reach out spiritually? Look at number seven, bottom of the page. Are you learning how to relate culturally so that you can reach out spiritually? We need to do that. Do you have the same heart for people as the one who sent you? We need to have the same heart. Finally, Jesus was God in the flesh, yet he was the friend of sinners. And sometimes we believers... Just want to get as far away from sinners as we can. Should we adopt any other culture? No. Should we be able to speak their language? Yeah. Not, not filthy language, not cussing, not should we be able to understand people? Yeah, we should. Jesus, guys, inserted himself in such a way, I'll leave you with this thought, Jesus had meals with, with tax collectors, hated people and prostitutes and all of that, and the church people hated it. And he said, you know what, it's not the healthy that you need a doctor, it's the sick. You'll find me with the sick. And that's a little messy sometimes. And that's a little tension that comes into our life sometimes. But that's what ambassadors do. Ambassadors live with a little bit of tension. How do I represent my sovereign, learn their language, but not give in to their culture? That takes some maturity. But that's what we're called to. Amen.